Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. People won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And certainly this is true when it comes to sharing our faith. There's something to be said about a genuine care and compassion for others. And it stands out, doesn't it? Even in the church. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Colossians. Among the list of things that contribute to inner beauty, the Apostle Paul places compassion at the front of the list. As Pastor J.D. will teach you in his message today, we as believers are to have a genuine and sincere compassion for both the lost and our own brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you have compassion for others? Well, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Colossians chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Colossians chapter 3, and our text today will be verses 12 through 14. As we make our way through this epistle, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, I'll have you turn there if you're not there already. So the Apostle Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit, and has just got done telling the church there in Colossae what to take off. And now he's going to follow up with what to instead put on. He says, verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And, verse 14, over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So I have to confess that I've been looking forward to this particular text that we have before us today. And I want to talk about something that the Lord has been ministering to me in recent years concerning what makes us attractive. And certainly I'm not talking about the outward, although I will say you all look marvelous today, outwardly. Of course, man looks at the outward appearance, and we make certain judgments draw certain conclusions based on the outward appearance of others. But what I want to talk about today is what the Apostle Paul is 
by the Spirit ever so beautifully, and I'll even add eloquently referring to as inward beauty. In other words, that which makes us attractive inwardly. You know how it is that some people, you look at them outwardly and by any standard they would be deemed handsome or attractive or beautiful, but then they, they talk. <laughs> and you say to yourself, oh my goodness, how, well, I think you get the point. Actually, I just re- was reminded of a, a funny story about a husband and wife, a conversation they had. The wife said something to the husband, and the husband responded, and husbands don't ever do this. <laughs> he responded with, how can something so stupid come out of someone so beautiful? To which the wife responded, as only a wife can, well, honey, God made me beautiful so you would marry me, and God made me stupid so I would marry you. That was not in my notes. And this is not a teaching on marriage. (laughs) You'll forgive the comparison of this expression, but it's like Paul is saying, dress for success. You've heard that saying before? And again, certainly that's a reference to the outward, but it's as if the Apostle Paul is saying inwardly, dress for success. Put on these clothes. Clothe yourself with Christ. What follows are seven articles of spiritual clothing if you will, that we as Christians are to put on and wear, and in so doing, become attractive to others inwardly. The first one, interesting, compassion. The question I ask myself is, why does Paul start with, there's seven in the list that he has here, but why is it that he starts with compassion? I believe it's because compassion is so rare, especially in the day and age in which we live. Sadly, Being compassionate towards someone is so rare that when we show compassion, we show that we care, people are taken back by it. I don't know if you've ever heard this saying. It's actually one that I want to also talk about when we get into our prophecy update today, but it goes like this. 
People won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And certainly this is true when it comes to sharing our faith. There's something to be said about a genuine care and compassion for others. And it stands out, doesn't it? Even in the church. You know, (laughs) I'm just as guilty as the next guy when it comes to this. Someone will ask you, hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing? You really want to know? Well, I wasn't expecting that response. What I was expecting was, hey, how are you doing? Hey, I'm blessed. How are you doing? I'm blessed too. Praise the Lord. Maybe the the greeting should go more like this. Hey, how are you really doing? Oh, my God. really? How am I really doing? Uh, you really want to know? I actually really do. I really do want to know. I really do care. Well, this kind of dovetails into the second one, and it's that of kindness. I see kindness as being roommates with compassion. Truth be known, kindness could be a sermon unto itself. I could take the entirety of our time together today in God's Word and just talk simply about kindness. A kind word, a kind act. Kindness is very powerful. Can I say it that way? I think about what Paul wrote to the church in Rome. It's recorded in Romans 2 verse 4. He basically says this, it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. It's not the justice of God, the righteousness of God, the commands of God. No. It's the kindness of God. I'll tell you, one kind word, and this is also something we're going to be talking about a little bit in our prophecy update, is one of those teachings, and it doesn't happen that often, but when it does, I I take notice that where we're at in God's Word is where we're at. You know what I mean by that? That's because God's Word is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide, cut surgically between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. We live in a day and age where (laughs) words matter, don't they? The words we speak. Oh, would to God that we would be among those that would have just a kind word to say to somebody. You know that saying, I, I know you have, I totally disagree with it. 
that goes like this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Are you kidding me? Sometimes an unkind word can cut deeper and hurt more than something physical. Just being kind. I imagine the Savior was so kind, even his tone of voice. I think of all those times when he would say to the disciples who were just, I mean, freaking out in the middle of a storm and full of doubt. And Jesus would just, I believe, with a very soft and kind tone in his voice, say to them, why, why is your faith so little when your God is so big? I never imagined Jesus speaking with this unkind tone. Oh, ye of little faith. No way. There was such kindness in the way that he acted and in the words that he spoke. This third one, I, I guess it too could be a sermon unto itself. Humility. I would argue that humility is the most attractive trait in the life of a Christian. And again, I, I think of how attractive and approachable Jesus was because of His humility and His meekness, so much so that children flocked to Him. You know what that tells me? That tells me he wasn't intimidated, intimidating. His, his countenance was such, his demeanor, his voice, his personality, if I can say it like that, was such that even little children were attracted to him. Tell me if you would agree with this statement. Pride is repulsive, and humility is attractive. Is it not true that we are attracted to people who are humble? When we get to the Proverbs, which we're getting close, we're almost done with the book of Psalms on Thursday nights in our study through the Bible, book by book and chapter by chapter and verse by verse. When we get to the book of Proverbs, which I can't wait, one of my favorite books <laughs> in the Bible, along with all the other 65 books in the Bible, but particularly the book of Proverbs. Replete throughout the book of Proverbs, what you'll find is that pride is repulsive. 
he, he knows the proud from afar. He resists the proud. Get away from me. But he gives grace to the humble. He exalts the humble, and he humbles the proud. There's that one proverb, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. I have to share with you how that reads in the JDV, (laughs) in my version, when God speaks to me ever so clearly in His Word. It goes like this, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord before He does it for you. God oftentimes will find it necessary, deem it fit, to humble us in our exalted pride. To me, humility is the most attractive trait in the life of a Christian. By the way, this is why it is that we root for the underdog. Because isn't the favorite so full of themselves? I, I rarely refer to movies, but uh, I think of the original Rocky movie. I'm not talking about Rocky 28. Uh, how many are there now? But I'm talking about the original Rocky movie, right? And here's Apollo Creed. Oh, you know, he comes out with all the pomp and, you know, the, you know, all the bells and whistles. And, and then here comes Rocky Balboa. Oh, I'm just so grateful to be in the ring with the champion. And I mean, you, you find yourself just wanting Rocky to beat the living daylights out of Apollo Creed, right? Why? Because of the humility. Humility is so attractive. Number four, this is a biggie, gentleness. You know, sometimes when you want to have a better understanding of a word, you need to look at the antithesis or the opposite of the meaning of that word. And the opposite of gentleness is harshness. Gentleness is one of the most effective ways to win people to Christ. And again, I would put it right next to kindness. The Proverbs again says that it's a gentle word that breaks a bone. Just a a gentle spirit. You know, I have to confess that this one and the next one, which is patience, which we'll get to in a moment. Just be patient till we get to patience. But this one's a struggle for me. I have to be very candid with you because I'm not one who is gentle when I really need to be. And this is really one of those traits and characteristics that applies in every arena of life. I think especially in the marriage relationship. Being a gentleman 
men, a gentle man, gentleman. I want to be a gentleman, a gentle man. I want that to be something that would describe how I parent my children. I want it to be said of me, and whenever I do a memorial service, it's always that time I think about what Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes, about how it's better to go to a memorial service than it is to go to a party. And the reason it is, is because when you go to a party, I mean, you're not thinking about the brevity of life, the fate of every man and woman. When you go to a memorial service, you're more prone to be introspective and come face to face with the reality of the brevity of this life. And in a way, and it's a healthy thing to do, I hope it doesn't sound morbid. It should not be morbid. But it's a healthy thing to do to fast forward to your memorial service should your death precede the rapture of the church. And I'll explain what I mean by that. What would they say at your memorial service about you? Would they talk about how kind and gentle and humble you were? In Galatians 6, we're told that it's gentleness that restores someone who is caught up in a sin. We're admonished, exhorted to restore them, but to do so gently, not harshly, gently. All right, appreciate your patience. Let's talk about patience. Some of your translations render this as long-suffering. Not a word we use much today. What does long-suffering mean? Well, it basically, and I know this is deeply profound, but it means to suffer long. Long-suffering. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to study the Scriptures for yourself, taking Pastor J.D.'s message here in Colossians to the source and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal His truth to you. You'll always benefit from spending time in the Word. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can serve and encourage others too, and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. 
If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join us at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website in spiritandtruthradio.com. Just click on Home. There's a lot to discover at our website. You'll find more messages from Pastor J.D.'s Colossians series, along with links to our mobile app and social media pages. You can even listen to the latest Mideast prophecy update from Pastor J.D., a look at the current events in this world and how they line up with Scripture. That website, one more time, is in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. Holding me true to you.